0: Welcome to the Global Citizen Life. Today on our podcast, we have Amy Yeo. And Amy is a well-being coach and CX expert. She transforms the lives of businesses by helping individuals cultivate purpose, vitality, and resilience while guiding businesses towards sustained growth and enhanced customer loyalty. But welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Hi Sally, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for the so, introduction.
0: Oh, you're you're welcome. So let's just give the listeners a, a little bit of background uh, about you and kind of where where you grew up and where you are now, and maybe kind of what what made you choose that location.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, so I am born and raised in Singapore. So um Singapore, I think is um it's a city, like it's a small, really small city, and um everything is um very convenient and like um uh, educational system is good, <laughs> healthcare system is good, you know. Like um the reason for saying all this is because like I think um I speak for myself and also like maybe what I see, um, I do see that like people including myself like kind of get really uh, comfortable in our home, you know, and don't really cross our mind to kind of move away. And I'm born in the 80s. So um, it's also a generation thing, you know, maybe the younger generation, they have like, you know, Mm -hmm. that, adventurous side of them and they want to you know go out there try you know different uh, places and like live a different lifestyle yeah so for me um, I think I started a little late but never too late
0: <laughs> never too late it's never too never late. late
1: yeah yeah and um, right now I'm in Malta uh, Malta so um, I'm living on Gozo which is uh, an island slightly away from Malta and I ferry uh, very away actually so like I will joke with my friends I'll tell them that I'm living you know I'll try to describe my home like where I am it's like uh, Pulau Bin of Singapore which is an island that belongs to Singapore but it's very away you know <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean Um, It is where I am now and I've been here for uh, slightly more than a year and I'm on a digital nomad visa. Yeah, so my work is remote. So therefore, um, um, I'm able to actually, um, you know, have this like, you know, uh, opportunity to get this visa. Yeah.
0: And I I think you you brought up a couple of of good points um, when you said one that you know things for your for the generation or 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 younger people now is very different because if we think back to our parents age um or even you know people in their 50s 60s ish we that was before the internet and so i mean we knew there was a world out there but really learning about it and, and seeing it was only what we would get from the media, or the news, where now with the internet and things like Instagram, Facebook, and everything with all the photos and videos of what people are doing, we've really, we've really gotten to see more of the world. And with that makes us want to physically go and see more is, is one part. And then obviously, now with um, again, the internet, working online, working remotely—you know—but before it, it, it wasn't an option. So it, it wasn't very possible for for people to to travel unless their job literally moved them and their family for one, two years, or whatever it may have been. So I think we're we're definitely also lucky in in a time frame that we're able to do these things because um, generations before us, it just. It, it would have been a lot harder. I don't want to say anything was impossible, but it definitely was a lot harder. And, um, you know, then having to find work and legally being able to work in other countries made it a lot different. Yeah. And so coming from Singapore is very interesting because some people strive to go to Singapore. Um, <laughs> and it's it's funny because sometimes people ask me because I'm from Canada, they'd be like, well, why would you leave Canada? Because there are people in the world that, you know, strive to to go to Canada. And I, I believe when we are somewhere you know we think that there's we just get used to it and it becomes normal and then we just don't see how special it is um and and we have different different wants and and dreams and things like that so how did you choose Malta from leaving Singapore and then not even Malta going to to the small island of Goza not being on the main island itself
1: yeah ironically we didn't even like okay so I'm both here with my partner and our dog so um, ironically we didn't even like we just read online like you said earlier like with technology is so easy nowadays you just go online find out information and then like just make a decision based on that you know so of course there, there were like some research work where should we stay stuff like that yeah so um, I guess um, how should I put it? It's like um, you have to really go with an open heart. Yeah, I think when your heart is open, your mind is open. I, I I. don't know about the mind open and the heart open part, you know, because when you are willing to try new stuff, willing to meet new people, willing to, you know, do anything from the heart, you will have an open mind to kind of see things from a different perspective. Yeah, um, or new perspective. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I um, choose, I mean, we chose Malta because um, it's a, an English-speaking country. So, right. the first language is Maltese and um, most people on the island actually can speak English. So, that really helps like, you know, to kind of, you know, uh, immerse ourselves into the culture and Makes- it makes things a lot, a lot easier because as you're
0: learning how everything works, at least you're learning in a language you understand.
1: And like, I think everything kind of like, by chance in a way, because uh model is so small, similar to Singapore, you know, um, it's very easy, similar to Singapore. Like everything is so similar. I don't exactly feel sometimes like, you know, like that cross my mind that like, oh, I don't exactly feel like I'm very in a very different uh, place. Yeah, there's a lot of similarity, but um, I've uh, prior to coming uh, here as in living here, I've never traveled to Europe. (laughs) Don't ask me why. (laughs) It never crossed my mind to actually. Maybe yeah, because like you know it's so far away and there's a lot to see in Asia. I'm like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah, I'll take like little breaks, like you know, just go to Thailand, Indonesia. So it never crossed my mind to actually come to Europe. So um, and the one thing that I think I've done in my life so far is to actually move without much hesitation. <laughs> so yeah,
0: I think I think that's great. Um because I'm similar in, in ways. So my first trip to Costa Rica, um, going back over a decade ago. Um, I bought a house on my third day there. My first time ever there, we put a down payment in, and bought a house there. So I, I do things a little bit extreme when, when people ask me, you know, certain things, I, I always say, don't do things the way I do things because I tend to do them in extreme ways and and I don't didn't speak Spanish didn't know anybody in Costa Rica and then I after I bought the house at first it was just going to be retirement home rental property by the time I retired it would be paid for so I was thinking really long term well you know life never goes the way we think it's going to go and I think it was about two or three years after buying it I ended up moving to Costa Rica with my daughter. She was 13 at the time. And again, didn't speak Spanish, didn't know anybody there because we only went there a few times for, for vacation. Um, and then my second move was to Spain. I was in Barcelona for three days, decided I was going to move to Barcelona. I, I did have some other travel plans already done. So I, I was spent a week there, but on day three, I decided I was going to move there. And I think it was about three weeks later after my other plans that I had already booked and, and places I had to be were done, I ended up moving to Barcelona again, still like my Spanish was still horrendous from even living in Costa Rica because everybody spoke to me in English. So I didn't really speak the language, didn't know a soul, not a single person. Um, I have a place now in, in Montenegro, which is uh, in Europe and they speak Montenegrin, which I don't speak a word didn't know a soul like I just I, I sometimes wonder why I make things hard for myself so it is good that with some places um you know English speaking helps or or if we have you know Spanish speaking listeners they've got, there's a lot of countries to to choose from but it's it's great that you're very similar to me in a way of just kind of taking that leap and having faith
1: yeah talking about similarity I think um you bought a house like quite quickly um, I didn't buy a house, but my partner actually bought a house in Spain, like, recently. Um, okay. Kind of quickly, like, we were there for three months, but, um, the, like, within the first month, we actually, like, you know, found somewhere. And then, like you said, like, you know, we can't speak a word of, like, Spanish. Maybe more me, not so much of him. Um, but it's very interesting, like... um. We found this place in, um, in it's um, towards the uh, mountainous area in Valencia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's a very small village. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody speaks Spanish. But like, I don't know, we're just really lucky to actually be there because um, even though like, I can't speak. Uh, Spanish, but my neighbors or the people in the village are curious about us like, who are we and why are we there? And then, um, you know, really interested in like, you know, making friends with us. And like, um, sometimes you invite us, you know, out for like um, some like cakes or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. then use like a Google translator to translate. Yes. <laughs> Ours. like two hours maybe around there just you know so um to sometimes it might feel like a little scary to move away from your home but um there are people are people you see so you can meet nice kind people everywhere so yeah so i think i don't think um yeah I, I don't know. Like at this point, I think I'm still enjoying like you know, going to different places. If I have the chance to move like you to many other places, i will i will I'll
0: do it, yeah yeah. and I think I mean, it's it's unfortunate that, um for for people who listen a lot know that I'm not a fan of the media. Um I think unfortunately, every country's media provides propaganda to the way that that specific station or media outlet wants to it's not it's not really fair it's not always accurate um sometimes intentionally not accurate sometimes unintentionally but I, I think a lot of places you know they they make people almost fear going other places and and thinking that you know there's It's dangerous out there. Your, your country or your city is, is the best place to be. Um, And, you know, for some, sure, that's great. You know, you, you love your city, you love your country. Absolutely. That's great. Um, But I think there's, there's so many wonderful places. There's so many beautiful places in the world and there's so many great, friendly, helpful people. Like I I don't know. I I would really have to try to think of a time where, um, that somebody was like super rude or, you know, like really not helpful, like in, in a, in a bad way, there's, there's times where, you know, maybe they don't understand, so they can't help me if they don't speak English or, you know, things, things like that. But, I, I have more stories of people who have been good and helpful than I can think of. Like I can't even think of anybody in all my travels that has just been like rude and and mean. And I've been I've been a lot of places, like 45 or six countries. And so, you know, it's and I know people that that it's it's nervousness, of course, because it's the unknown, right? But it's it's like going to school for the first day when we were a kid or the new school. Right? We're nervous the first day. We don't know how it's going to be. And there's a saying that really the only difference between nervousness and excitement is when we're excited, we have an expectation of a great, happy outcome. When we're nervous, we're worried that the outcome is going to be negative. That's the only difference to to what those feelings are, is what our own expectation is.
1: Um, So like you you just have to, you know. manifest the positivity Uh that's right if not then like you be nervous like yeah from the get-go I guess (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: and so how did um you're you're in Malta there on a digital nomad visa so how how did that work what was the process for that visa for Malta
1: so um I don't quite remember how like we like chance upon Malta, but we maybe we went online and we were looking at like okay digital nomad visa where you know where can we get mm-hmm. and maybe Malta came out and uh, mm-hmm. so um, the process only took us about a month.
0: Oh wow! So very quick.
1: Yeah, it was very. That's that's from um the process is like from submission submission of your documents. Uh, Authority to approve your visa is about a month. So, uh, yeah, and because everything is in English, is really straightforward. You know whatever Mm. they need, provide them. You know stuff like that. But I understand because we've been trying to get a digital nomad visa for Spain. Okay. (laughs) It has been quite painful. (laughs) That's all I can say. So I hope things will change and like um, the process can be, you know, a lot more friendlier, easier like Malta.
0: (laughs) And one thing perhaps to think of, too, because Spain has a number of of visas and and all countries have many. And sometimes what people need to look at is. People think the digital nomad visa is the easiest and best one to get, but that's not always the case. And sometimes the digital nomad visa, you have to prove higher income and it's for like maybe one or two years and that's it, where you could have say like what they call a non-lucrative visa. So you're not going to actually work in Spain, like for a Spanish company because you're self-employed, you work for yourself and the amount of income that you have to prove is lower. And that visa is actually better for people who are thinking maybe more long-term because then that visa can turn into temporary residency and permanent residency where in most countries, I don't wanna say all, but in most countries that digital nomad visa never turns into a residency status. You have to kind of start all over for that residency.
1: Yeah, so for Malta, if I'm not wrong, you um we get like a three years period. So okay, so for every year you will get uh you can renew and mm-hmm. obviously subject to approval and mm-hmm. you have up to three years, and okay. that's it. You know, you just have to move away to somewhere and then you can try a year later, something like that.
0: <laughs> right, and, and then who knows in that four years time from now, will that digital nomad visa still be available or will the rules for it change? And we just, I mean, nobody can predict the rules. Um, I think as how the world is going, I I don't think digital nomad visas are ever going to go away. Um, But like you said, you just, you have to be prepared every year you have to renew. So conditions have to be met. And if that's not a problem, that's great. I would always be a little bit nervous be like, what if they don't renew it? What if something like what if something with work changes? Um, but then you have to leave in three years. So yeah, there, there's a little bit of that. You know that you have to leave, and for some people that's great. It's like I'm going to be here for three years and I'm going to love it. It's great, and then I'm going to move on next. But I know that there's going to be some listeners that may think, oh, well, if I'm with somewhere for three years, what if I don't want to leave?
1: Yeah, exactly. then you have
0: to look at other visa options and kind of start over again. Yeah. So I always like to say to people, you know, kind of think what. What is your long-term goal? If you know it's only a couple of years, great. You know what, whatever visa is easiest for you to do, and great. But if if there's a possibility for more long-term, then the digital nomad visa may not be the ideal one for mm-hmm. that person, or or for because of what they want. As we've said, everybody you know has different goals and different wants.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for Spain, I guess we will have to relook into like other visas that are available. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. rather than that one. Yeah. So, yeah. And I
0: think with Spain too, I think their non lucrative visa, the amount of income that you have to prove is lower in the non lucrative visa than the actual digital nomad visa.
1: Okay. okay. Good to know so, which, which is
0: strange. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, sense. but <laughs> on it, when it comes to government and policies and visas and things like that, there's a lot of things that just don't make sense. But we just have to say, yeah. okay, those are the rules and okay.
1: <laughs> I guess like um, you know, uh, living abroad and like trying to get a visa. That's one of the you know first step, but it's also like a step that is necessary and sometimes can be quite confusing and complicated. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you will probably have to consider like health insurance. Not consider, you will have to get a health health insurance. Mm-hmm. So for Malta, if you are British. Season or <laughs> you don't actually need to be covered <laughs> for um, how um, to get a health insurance so so there are pros and cons of different visa but I, right now like i only have uh, malta and i've not been to any other places just yet so i can't quite do a comparison but from what i understand is that like my partner he's a british uh, so he he doesn't need like a health insurance but for me i'll have to get a health insurance um, what else, like?
0: Um, and I think, sorry to interrupt, though. And I think, though, because, and and I I didn't know until recently. I've got a friend who is starting to spend a fair amount of time in Malta. Her and her husband, um, but Malta, yeah, it, it's all it's English speaking, and it used to be. I'm gonna say and don't quote me, but it somehow used to be like a former British island because people drive on the left side of the road there. The plugs yeah. where you plug your, your phone and your charges and everything are the same as in England. They're not like Europe because, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. she told me and I, at first I was like, what am I, but it's Europe. She said, yes, <laughs> but no. So there are different, Malta is very different in that aspect than than the other European countries. Yeah, And that yeah. could be then why with the healthcare, that mm-hmm. that is a, a rare exception because of that historical connection mm-hmm. with um, with England.
1: Yes, exactly. So, yeah, so good for him, not so good for me, but I think it's all right because I think if, like if in Spain it's the same, like we both have mm-hmm. to get health insurance. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I will complain about. It is what is necessary. It's, you just have to do it, you know um but i think um it's worthwhile <laughs> yeah. At this point, and what <laughs> and
0: have you have you had to use the healthcare facilities in malta yet
1: mm.
0: no okay well that that's good it's good
1: so i've seen the doctor a couple of times but it's just like that's it like i don't really yeah so i can't quite tell like whether the healthcare is- you know good enough but Mm -hmm.
0: yeah like so okay in Spain um I haven't personally had any major things I've gone you know for um, annual checkups which honestly the annual checkup through private I did have private um health care in in Spain um I, I have residency so I I do have access to public as well but for the cost of the private it's it's a very small amount um, and I mean, like the physicals that they give are way better than even Canada. People think, oh, Canada healthcare is great. And I'm, compared to Spain, it's not so great compared to Spain. Um, now, that was just with that aspect. Um, but I do know a lady who had had um, a cancer in Spain Mm -hmm. and she actually, she has private healthcare and public and through her cancer treatment, she decided to go through the public system because she felt that the public system would have been better for that than the actual private system in Spain. Um, I thought that was very interesting, uh, but it just, to me, it just says how um, confident and how good that the public system is um, but she said, "Yeah, for for certain things, the private is is better. You know, maybe if you need a, a hip or knee replacement or something, you'll get in sooner through the through the private. Um, but certain things that the the Spain system is is very good. So um, it is something for people to consider if they are moving abroad. Healthcare is is important and." the the fees generally speaking especially for people who come from the united states where they they pay a lot for their their health care premiums and and visits and and things like that Um, i know sometimes they'll look at taxes within europe which will be potentially more than what they're paying in the us however when you don't have to pay all those health care fees and you're paying taxes instead sometimes it balances out sometimes they still you'll still have more money in your pocket plus better health care and things as well. So it, it is kind of weighing um those things for some people as well.
1: Um, yeah, I guess. And then like it, it it depends if you're talking about like terminal illness, which like you know that's really unfortunate. But for general like feet and like you know healthy individual, um yeah we have to make sure that we are protected health insurance everything. But um, I don't know like I think when you move to somewhere new and start living a new life and like you are in a mental space that you are exploring curious you know I, I-, I link all this to positivity so therefore your health kind of like get you know better as well like I mean Again, I speak for myself, like maybe if I'm in Singapore, I will probably visit the doctor um, once every quarterly, but here, um, only if I really catch a cold. And it's not because I'm not covered like I covered, so I can actually just walk in to a doctor to like, you know, get my claims and everything. But I just feel like, you know, there's like, there's no need to see a doctor, you know. so. I think um, there's a lot of consideration when moving and then you look at healthcare and everything, but also bear in mind that like, um, you know, you really want it and your, you know, your mental state will will kind of like just go with your your everything like physical, spiritual, yeah.
0: (laughs) I have found too, a lot of times when I've talked to people who have moved abroad, Um, that as you're saying like they generally they say they don't do anything different Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: they've gotten healthier or they've lost weight and I always say but you are doing things different even though they they may not seem like like they're still eating let's say if they you know cheese and potato chips if they like that and fruit or something but there are things changing and it could be that they're walking a lot more because they're in a new place, they're checking it out, they're walking a lot more. And I do think our diet changes, Um, even though we may be eating what we think is the same, may not be always the same. And especially if we go from like a cold climate, like I initially did from Canada to Costa Rica. When it's cold, I want warm, hearty, filling food to warm me up because I hate being cold. But when it's hot, I want fruit and salads and like, I don't want a stew it just no, it's hot out. I want light things. And so I think there there's that aspect as well. And then as you said, there's that mental aspect too of just, it's different. It's a different culture. We're in a different place. And we just, we automatically just start thinking differently. We're moving differently. We are eating differently, even though in a way we think we haven't changed or we're doing anything different, but we really are.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. Yeah, like I think, um, like in Singapore, it's so convenient, like we, most of the household, maybe they cook once a day or even once a week. Like I used to live by myself. So I, I just, you know, get out there, take away, you know, eat at a restaurant, or we have hawker centres and like food court. So we like we do that a lot. But once I moved here, like um, eating out, um, how should I put it, like, um, because we are um, multi-racial in Singapore and culture as well. So we have different cuisine, we are exposed to a lot of different cuisine. So you have a lot of choices, but here, not so much. Maybe in Malta is okay, but in Gozo, not so much. So, um, I mean, you still can get like Italian food, you can get Chinese, you can get Indian, but um, you don't, like I don't do the same as I do back home. Yeah, so I tend to cook a lot more and and then when you cook for yourself, you will be like, oh, not too much salt, not too much sugar, (laughs) stuff like that. You'll be a bit more, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, conscious about like what you put in your food. So that will definitely help by like, your know, your health and like you said earlier lost weight or maybe yeah mm-hmm. and, and it, it's true you you
0: are when you're cooking you're a lot more aware of what you're consuming when when we go out and eat we're just like oh it tastes good and we just we don't think about it because we don't see what's going in those delicious mashed potatoes with lots of salt and butter and everything else they're just yummy yeah
1: and then I guess like um <laughs> In Singapore like we do our favorite um activity it was I would have to say for many people would be like going to the cinema to catch a movie it's like, mm-hmm. like you know ever since I came here I've not been to the cinema at all <laughs> okay do you miss it not really okay <laughs> because, yeah I, I have no I don't know like I can watch Netflix at home so that's not a problem and I was like already doing that you know back in Singapore but um, the part of the reason for us to actually move away from Singapore is also because like we want to be more, to be out in, in, in nature, yeah. So it's not saying that Singapore doesn't have like nature, we do have, but um, how should I put it, like it's a different experience, yeah. So Gozo is so small and, um, and we love to run. so. Is like something that we do regularly, you know, just getting out there, even if it's a hike or like, you know, a lot of time we do our training on the island, just running around the island. And it's amazing. Like, who needs to go to the cinema?
0: (laughs) Nature and everything is your cinema. You have the beauty of of that. And it it is interesting how in so many ways, like I, I speak at different conferences and things and... One question that I I get asked, um, a few times I've been asked because I've been living in different places is there's a concern if Amazon Prime delivers. And my thought is that should not even be a concern. Like really, how much? Because what are you buying that you really need? Because we think we need a lot. We think these Mm -hmm. things make us happy. We think the cinema is great because it's there and it's just what we do. And we're so... It's so automatic for us, our, our own lifestyle, wherever everybody is, even if they've moved, it, it becomes no, the new normal becomes normal. So many things are so automatic that we don't even realize. And what I love about Montenegro is, as far as I know, there is no Amazon Prime. I don't think I can order. Like, there's a post office. I don't yeah. get mail. Like, I get. One electronic bill for my utilities, I get for my HOA a piece of paper stuck in the door. For the garbage, I get a piece of paper stuck in the door. Um, and it's great because it's things, you know, I'm I'm not advertised to to buy stuff. I don't miss buying things. And I think, like, what do I need? I would rather take that money instead of buying things and stuff to go for a great dinner, go on a trip to another part of the country or another country, and And just doing those things, and it's it's interesting how we think we need things or we think we're gonna miss certain things. Yeah. And when it's not there, we mm. don't really even miss it because we're enjoying doing all these other things,
1: yeah, yeah, like I I think you have a great point. Like I like I don't really miss the things that I used to do in Singapore as much as like, you know, um, I mean I still run, I still cycle, still pretty much mm-hmm. the same. Um, but don't that don't really cost you that much money or money at all when you go out for a walk or run or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, like I think um that's that's probably a positive, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So Singapore is known as a very expensive place to live.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so how how does Singapore compare to Mal- or sorry, how does Malta compared to Singapore?
1: Mm, good question. Because I think I got <laughs> like friends who ask me, like you know, um, don't you miss like you know eating out, like what we do here? I'm like, um, yeah, sometimes. But mm-hmm. but I really want to eat the stuff that is how how should I put it like um like different cuisine like maybe Asian food like I get like Japanese Korean but um, I don't think I can find Korean here on Gozo maybe on Malta not on Gozo you know so um mm. uh, so yeah so I think the restaurant price is pretty much maybe the same more or less but um but because I cook a lot at home now so um I think in terms of grocery it might be maybe better here <laughs> because I don't know right. that yeah. much when, when I was back in Singapore. So it's very really hard to kind of do do a comparison. And right. in terms of like um so I do enjoy like you know my happy hours <laughs> mm-hmm. like like a beer too, like on Friday. And yeah. then I can tell you is a lot different. <laughs> like you can get like okay. a really nice craft beer for maybe about three, four euro. Mm-hmm. But in Singapore, you will be expecting to pay maybe about 15 euro craft beer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yes, it is expensive in Singapore. And rental in Singapore is m- more expensive than here. So yeah, I think um in terms of I I would say quality, I would I, I do think that I have a better uh, quality um you know here then yeah I hope.
0: yeah well that's that's good and it's it is always hard to to kind of price compare things like you can compare you know a craft beer to a craft beer that that we can compare when when people ask me sometimes about housing i like that's a hard one because every country and even every city has such a range of prices like People I know here in Montenegro can rent a place for 200 euro a month. Yeah, And some people would be like, that's so cheap and be satisfied mm. with it. It's gives me what I need, you know, and other people are renting for 3,000 a month.
1: Wow! You know, and
0: the price to buy can be anywhere from 60,000 euro to mm. over a million. So it's like, how do you it's re- especially in montenegro and i mean the same thing as in barcelona there is there's the the kind of there is a lower end price and then there's it just goes like into the thousands or millions and millions if you're buying so it 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 can be hard to to price compare those things because it depends on city location and and a number of things and what is a comfortable even if it's a two bedroom or one bedroom what what is comfortable and nice to one person may not be comfortable and nice to another so it it is hard to compare those things
1: exactly it's really hard to compare and it depends on like like you said earlier depends on location right if it Mm -hmm. is a small country like Malta is really small Mm -hmm. much like Singapore but I think the housing is still cheaper than Singapore So therefore, if I were to compare Malta with Singapore, I think it's quite identical. But if you compare to Spain, it's different the country is so big. So like yes. if you away from the city, you can get like really, like you know, cheap housing and mm-hmm. space and like nice home. But you will be away from everybody else. Right. But, you're
0: you're not you're not gonna find that in the middle of Madrid or Barcelona. But... Yeah, yeah. No, no,
1: you won't be able to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so you're you're right. And it, and so it it depends, you know, it depends on on what people want. But I, I say generally, you know, there, there is a price point for almost everyone, especially in Spain, because it, it is such a, a wide variety, but it it depends on, you know, what's what what we truly want, what's most important. And we never get everything we want for the price point we want unless we have a ridiculous amount of money, then maybe when you're in the mil- multi-millions, maybe you do get everything, I don't know. But I don't have that kind of um, property, so I wouldn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know, you
0: might be further away from the beach, and you might not get a sea view, you might have, um, if you want a terrace, maybe it's not as big as you want, or you know, it's, it's things like that. But that's that's also the same with everybody in our in our home countries, right? Yeah. Like even when I was living in, in Canada, I had a nice house, but there was also always nicer, bigger, more expensive everything, right? So it it really depends. Then I think people need to to consider. There's yeah. a big difference between need and want. Mm. What do you need? Yeah. Because when when our needs are fulfilled, there's there's a difference. We we always want. It's human nature. We always want more. We always want bigger. We always want better, newer, whatever. That's that's just in us. But but when we think about what we need. And then we do the activities and we have the community and the surroundings that make us happy. We don't have that big of a desire for those wants because we're satisfied, our needs are satisfied. Uh,
1: Like you, I don't know, like moving away, I miss my family, I miss my friends, but you know, with technology, you can actually reach, like I call my mom almost every day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To the extent that like, sometimes you just, um, keep quiet and like we have nothing to say to each other <laughs> but but at the same time like I, people I don't know like people might like some people might be a bit um you know anxious or afraid that like oh, what if I can't make friends what if I can't find my tribe what if I can't find a community that I can connect with I guess um, um, it, it's really like up to that individual, like I said earlier, you really have to be open-hearted, open-minded. Then you will probably attract the right kind of people, the right people, like you know, like being here just for slightly over a year, and we were actually away in Spain for three months. Um, so um, I would have to say that actually makes um a couple of connections that are to me really genuine, and I feel like or oh, at my age, I still can make like friends that are like that connection. Because when you're younger, it's very easy for you to make friends. You have like, oh, everybody's, everybody's my friend, you know. But as you get older, your friends get small. Like the group of friends that you have get smaller and smaller. So like, I don't know. Like I will, at this point, like leaving my friend, like back in Singapore, I, I feel like, yeah, I do miss them, But then I feel like I can... I can actually make new connection and maybe uh another true, true and genuine friendship. So yeah. So it's very
0: and I I think that's really important to to note to people too who are worried about it. But it's also then important to say, well, like where are you moving to? You have to know yourself. Like you know you like biking and, and jogging and, and outdoors. And so you're gonna live in a place where where you enjoy those things. So if somebody is very social, but doesn't like those types of things, like they may want to live in the city for somebody who loves the city, moving to rural, tiny village, Spain is not a good idea. You will hate it. Like, don't do it. If you're somebody who likes to be left alone, like your privacy, you want a little yard, don't move to old city, downtown Barcelona, like, you'll hate it, right? Like, we, we have to know what we like. And then from there, the types of things that we do. So wherever you're at, and then it's finding people, you know, Mm. if you like jogging and biking, wherever you're at, you'll, you'll find people in that area who like to do it. Um, If you like, artwork and things like that like there's so much on the internet between facebook groups what's huge in for sure in spain i think most of europe and it, a little bit canada but it's much bigger in spain um, is the website meetup.com that's mm-hmm. how i initially when i went to spain i started to go to events i started meeting people i went to co-working spaces um mm-hmm. so i would be there working and we'd all have lunch together got to know people so you will meet people if you choose to
1: yeah. you can
0: stay at home and meet nobody if you choose to and so that's the thing and we we as we move we have to put in the effort because when you as you said when we're younger it's a bit different though too because when we're going to school we have automatic friends because we're yeah. going to school we're in the same classes we're in the same school we see the same people we automatically will make some friends if you're if you're going for work and you have a job you will yeah. automatically make some friends or at least acquaintances you know you're not going to like everybody at school or work but you will automatically but for people who work from home we Mm -hmm. have to put in more of that effort and that's part of the reason why I like like co-working spaces I would go twice a week when I'm in in Barcelona always meet different people make great friends that I'm very good friends with now um and just go to other events and some people you meet you see at every event and You say hi in your acquaintances and you chat a little bit, that friendship just doesn't evolve. And then others you do and and you develop it. But it it depends on the effort that you put in and an effort has to be put in. Friends aren't just going to come knock on your door because you're new to the city or town and all of a sudden be your bestie. Like that's just not the way it's going to work. Yeah.
1: So like I think even connection back home like your friends at home uh, back home you will still have to you know invest time and like you know to constantly uh, get in touch and connect if not you will slowly drift apart too you know yeah mm-hmm. say that you know true friends will still stay you know say like stay by you but you still have to make an effort so it's effort anywhere. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. If if we don't put in any effort, then, you know, it's I always say like it's it's a bit of a two way street of any type of relationship, friendship, relationship, family, um, colleagues, everything we whatever, whatever we put in, we're going to get out. If you don't put anything into the friendship, you can't expect it to, to last because it's it's the same. Right. And so we do have to. But as you said earlier, with with technology, it's very easy um I have I had one time it was a while ago a friend of mine said let's let's have a drink on Friday night or Saturday night whatever it was and I I can't remember if I was living in Spain or Costa Rica I'm like okay and we got on I I must have been Zoom it could have been Skype if it was Costa Rica it may have been Skype we're you know heading back a little bit but even then going back over 10 years ago was still manageable I had a bottle of wine she had a bottle, yeah, it must, it must have been Costa Rica cause we are same time zone. She had, I think vodka or yeah. something like that. And we chatted and drank as if we were oh. hanging out in a, you know, at her house, my house while we were at our homes. Um, but as if we were together and, <laughs> and drank and socialized yeah. and, and talked because that was the best way we can do it. And when we do things like that, or just like just that connection, especially with video, I don't feel like I'm gone as long. Like I do go back to Canada every year, but I don't feel like the full year has gone by because, you know, we still Facebook, we'll still message, but when we still have those other Zoom calls and and chats and see each other, I don't feel like I'm so far away or disconnected from what's going on in their life. And so when I get back to Canada, it's, we just kind of pick up where we're at because, you know, there's a few things we get caught up on, but it's not, Oh my God, I have to tell you about my whole year. Because we're we're in touch throughout the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I guess like yeah, it's not like I think to some people like like my mom, like she's like, oh, you got friends there. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So so I I don't know. At least put her mind. At you know to like at least that like um I like not by myself like you know I like (laughs) so so yeah
0: yeah and in most cases there's going to be other people there that are also expats who are also looking to make friends and they know what it's like I mean the first Mm -hmm. time you don't know and it's harder but. Once you become more of a mover like me and move several times, you get to know the process. And when I go to some events, especially when I'm in Barcelona, because there's always new people kind of coming and going, I'll notice when there's somebody new and they'll be standing in the corner just kind of watching and looking around. And I will always make a point to go over and start talking to them what's Mm. your name come come let's talk to people because you know they're just they're there and good for showing up because you can't make a friend if you don't show up and sometimes it's just getting there because other people will see and they know and we've all been there and so it's easy to just Mm. walk up to a group and just oh hi i'm i'm sally blah 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 and just start talking Mm. because we've been there And, and that's great in those environments
1: yeah do you ever get like um how should I it? bored? They're like, oh, I have to make new
0: connection again. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it is hard. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm always making friends. I'm always mm-hmm. needing to make friends. Even living in Barcelona, there are people mm-hmm. that I've met that say, I'm here for one year, then I'm leaving. Some, mm-hmm. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Others, oh, I'm here for a few months. So problem with a lot of big cities is they're very yeah. transient. And people are coming and going all the time. And so sometimes it's really, it's it's a lot harder to get close connections and friends, tons of acquaintances, because then also I get it too, because I come and go a lot, but then also some people are like, oh, you're not sure how long you're going to be here. Okay. We'll be friends, but I'm not going to become too good of friends with you because you're going to be gone in a year. And then I'm going to have to find a new best friend again. So I would rather just, we'll be acquaintances, we'll be friends, but you know they kind of put up a bit of a of a, a barrier and I I get it I understand <laughs> like I I'm kind of on both sides I've done that myself and I'm like oh I don't know if I really like with me in Montenegro um <laughs> I'm just now really been like okay I really should make some friends I've had many acquaintances that I see often but I'm like I'm not going to be here full-time I don't want to get too close to anybody because I don't know how often I'm gonna be here and then I'm just gonna go and then I'm gonna miss people again and so I've been guilty of doing that as well um and that is the, a little bit i think it's in the definitely in the bigger cities it happens a lot more um smaller towns and, and places where people aren't coming and going as much will be a little bit easier but yeah i think and i think though in a way though we should always be prepared to make new friends because who knows yeah. who we're gonna meet and even if we're good friends for five years or ten years like i never know when my time's up I always say to people, I never know when I'm going to get hit by a bus, and and hopefully never. (laughs) But you know, why couldn't I have great friends and it be maybe a shorter period of time—one, three, five, seven years? Who knows? um, Mm -hmm. Instead of being that, oh, I'm tired of making friends.
1: Yeah. Why? Like just. I think it's always important to constantly make connection, whether where we don't have an expectation of like where it goes like how long it will last, mm-hmm. um, but more on the of it, you know, even if it's just one year and it's like great friends and like, you know, great, great friendship. So um there's nothing to lose. And I, I I asked you the question before because like you travel a lot, you been to different places. But I, I bet that you you must actually kind of um because of technology, right? Like it got better. Like now it's so mm-hmm. easy, like just mm-hmm. make connection, maybe 10 years ago it might be you know a a little harder how am I going to get connect with uh, connection with my like this this person that I really bond very well with you know so Mm. so I guess um yeah so don't be afraid to just go out there mm. make friends yeah
0: it's true and and chances are especially now and and moving forward If we meet people in a country, unless they are a local person from that country, which you can and and develop friendships with, a lot of people that we also meet are expats and people who are moving Mm -hmm. around, whether they're digital nomads, they're staying for a few years, five years, or they're not sure. I have met people. So here's an example. I met a friend of mine, a good, she's good now. So I'm from Canada, moved to Costa Rica. She's from the United States, moved to Costa Rica. Well, there's there's a couple of them, actually. And I have since met up with them in different countries since I had left Costa. Um, I've been back to the United States to see them. I've met them in in different areas. So even though we have friends, and um one of them, she still lives in Costa Rica part-time. The other one is now back in the United States most of the time, but does travel a lot. um and I'm kind of all over the place. And so, The other thing is just because, as you said, even though we don't know how long they're gonna be there, it's great to have that friendship because we never know. Like, You can meet that person again. You keep in touch online with all the technology we have. And then it's, hey, let's let's meet up or I'm gonna be here, are you close? And especially I find with Europe, it's very easy because Europe compared to Canada or the United States, it's small. So to travel from one country to another, there's so many flights and trains and everything to get around that, you know i always say to people if you're going to be anywhere in europe let me know because with some advance notice like i can be on a plane for a very cheap amount of money probably in most cases a hundred euro i could fly to 10 15 different countries depending upon the cities but there's a lot of options because it's so cheap especially compared to north america and i can come see you and we can go and hang out for a day or i can stay a bit longer right and so sometimes when we make those friends you know, it, it's good to, to make them because even if they leave or you leave, you could still cross paths again. You could still run yeah. into each, each other again. Even in Canada, I had a friend of mine in Canada and we met up in Ireland. She, Ooh, wow. I can't remember, she messaged me or she saw a post or something that I was in Ireland and she was like, well, we're, we're in Ireland too, or we're there next week. I can't remember exactly how it happened. And we ended up going out and having dinner together and, and having a couple yeah. drinks and just, hanging out and I was just like who would have thought that we were work colleagues 20 years ago in Canada I, I left Canada so long ago and then all of a sudden we meet up in Ireland of all places in Dublin like you just never yeah.
1: know it's actually so cool <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah so it's it's good to be open just put it put in the effort make lots of friends and um mm-hmm. because you never know there there's a saying I don't know exactly how it goes, but it's something um, we have friends. Some friends are for, I think it's some friends are for a reason. And we have tons of friends for a reason, like we could meet hundreds of thousands of people throughout our lifetime for a reason. And out of those hundred thousand, let's just say um, a certain percentage are a season. So they last longer than just the reason. And then a small Mm -hmm. handful of all of those are a lifetime a lifetime doesn't necessarily mean from the time we were born a lifetime mm-hmm. is from when the time we meet them to mm-hmm. one of our lives and mm-hmm. and it was a lifetime wow. and it could happen late in life we never know when it's going to happen
1: yeah exactly <laughs> so i don't know like i think connection of a community or tribe um really helps in like you know i mean if you have that open mind and open heart to Make connection so that will mm-hmm. definitely helps a lot with like you know moving abroad yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah and the rest will come I suppose because you know if you're in difficulty if you have anything that you know you're in trouble with um or you have any good thing to share that's your tribe like you can share you can still right. celebrate your birthdays you can still celebrate, you know, Christmas, but just with different people and in a different place. And it's still, mm. still as nice, it's still as good, it's still as like, you know, yeah. So I, I don't think, I don't think missing out any anything.
0: No, and it's it's interesting that you say that. So here we have um a WhatsApp group of a bunch of expats. A couple locals are are in it as well. And somebody just posted in in it today hey, tomorrow's a special day. It's Sosa's birthday. We're going to be here at this place at eight o'clock. You know, if you guys want to come celebrate with us and just, you know, let us know so we can reserve, if you can make it a a table or space for the right amount of people. And wait, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming plus one. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there, but a little bit late because I have something else to do. But, you know, and so all of a sudden it's not just, oh, it's my birthday and I'm in a different country now. There's probably going to end up being anywhere from, 15, 20 people that are there for a birthday. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So you just really need to open up, you know, and to see what's possible. Yeah.
0: Well, I just wanted to uh, touch base a little bit because you've got that digital nomad visa, so you're able to move around. So for your work, what exactly are you doing and how are you helping people with your work?
1: Right, so um, I was, I've always been in a corporate world like uh, back in Singapore for like 20 years doing the same, not exactly doing the same job, but um, in the same organisation. So this time away, and for the last one year, I started like, you know, providing uh, business consultation. Um, uh, consulting for wellness businesses. Yeah. So what I do is uh, basically um digital marketing, but in in the more focus on customer experience as well as community management. Yeah. So that's one part of my work, and the other part of my work is I'm a trained personal trainer as well as a yoga teacher. So, like I help people with like, you know, coaching them in terms of like getting their physical goal, but also as well as like, um, you know, helping people with their mental or spiritual, you know, it's like all these different pillars that kind of form up uh, like your well-being. So, basically just helping uh, people with their yeah, overall well-being in terms of like, like mental, physical, yeah. So yeah, I've been, I mean, I'm really enjoying the work that I'm doing and um, I would have to say like it's not an easy path and I'm still kind of like, like you know, figuring my way and I'm very new to this line of work. So, um, but I guess, you know, when you want to, it's really an opportunity, like, you know, to do this like remotely and then able to move places so maybe that would be like a real motivation to (laughs) for people to really find a remote job and like you know get out there
0: yeah absolutely and I mean it's it's like everything when we're just learning or we're taking the first steps whether it's a new job starting a business um you know going back to school or even when we're younger learning to ride a bike um, yeah. all of those things were all awkward and difficult at first, but then once we do it, it's step-by-step step, and it gets better and easier and we learn more and that's how we grow. And I was at a seminar a long time ago and it was something that stuck with me. It's probably been over 20 years. And we were talking about just, um, basically about, about the brain and people in general. And it is, if you're not like, people are like plants If we think of a plant, we have to give it water. We have to feed it. It needs nutrients for it to grow. It's the same thing with ourselves. And it's the same thing with our brain. If we're not making our brain work and struggle a bit and figure out new things and learn things, if we're not growing, we're dying. Yeah. I was like, oh, because you're right. If we do the same thing every day in and out, our brain doesn't have to think it just automatically does what we do. We may not be dying quickly, but we are slowly dying. And, we do better and we are happier when we have challenges, when we have struggles, when we're learning something new, because then when do we get it? We're like, yes, right? And it's it's a good feeling. And so we kind of, we need those struggles. So new things are always good, whether it's starting a new career, moving abroad, learning to play an instrument, anything like that. We We, we, we thrive having some types of stresses of learning new things in our lives.
1: Exactly. So, I don't know, like, I think, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, I think you really need to connect with your passion too, like, deep down, you know that, you know, you are, I mean, like, you know, you're good at certain things, but how can you, you know, um, bring that to a, another level, as in like, you know, in a more positive and like, um, way to help others. So, I think, if you are looking at things that way, um, more or less we would know that you we were actually you know kind of following your North Star <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah that's right and if people wanted to get in touch with you how could they get in touch with you what's the best way
1: um, so they can find me on Facebook and Instagram is at altwellbeing A-L-T wellbeing, A-L-T, wellbeing. Um, or they can find me on uh, LinkedIn as well yeah
0: Perfect. And we will put those links in the show notes for everybody just to make it easy for them as well. Well, Amy, I want to thank you very much for your time today and talking with us about Malta. Um, it's a, a beautiful area and it sounds it sounds like you're really enjoying time there. Um, and so for any of our listeners who want to check it out, Malta may be an option for them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Thank you so much, Sally, for the time.